So, Joanne, help me out for a second. I'm still trying to figure out why Silly and Graves dueled over something that seemed so trivial, like a letter. Well, as a matter of fact, Americans in the 19th century had a very different understanding of honor than we do today. It does not mean moral character. It does not mean virtuous behavior. It's a way of defining your self-worth based on your reputation in your community. This is historian Lorian Foote. And if you are insulted or if something happens to damage that reputation, then you're shamed. And so shaming is a public exposure that you have lost your worth in the eyes of the community. Another way that I talk about this with people, you know, there's that famous little ditty, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we say that because we're trying to teach children, it doesn't matter what other people say about you, um, as long as you're doing the right thing, that's what matters. That concept is foreign to people in an honor culture. Everything hinges on what people say about you. Think about it this way. If you're publicly insulted, even if it's in front of just one person, your reputation would be damaged and you'd have to do something to repair that damage. And so shaming requires a public vindication of that worth and a reestablishing of your reputation in your community. Sometimes things could be smoothed over with an elaborate system of apologies. But unfortunately, as we saw in the Silly Gray's duel, more often public vindication came through violence. Foote has studied the impact of honor culture in the Union Army during the Civil War. She says that the obsession with honor and reputation fueled the war. There are men in the Union Army who think that the war itself is an affair of honor, (laughs) that um, those who are fighting against the United States flag, they have assaulted the honor of all of those who support the United States. and, And they even refer in their letters home to this duel against the South. You know, I mean, they'll, a really, they'll really, refer to really the big warts. duel. <laughs> yeah, a right. really big duel, but they refer to it that way. Um, mm. Then the other thing I think that's really important is for men of honor, their regiment becomes their peer community that is either giving them worth or is shaming them. So mm. honor is a critical guide for how men behaved in battle, how they behave in camp. It was an incredible pressure point to keep men in the ranks, to keep them fighting uh, against the enemy. And then it also mattered because it kept them fighting in their own camps <laughs> and it created discipline problems and lost the Union Army manpower at critical times during the war. So how did that play out? How did that manifest itself? What would that look like? in action. So if you're a man who wants to establish your manhood and honor in a regiment, that's going to become clear during altercations and discussions with other men. Every uh, group of men that is guided by honor, they have rituals that they use to defend that honor if they have been shamed or publicly insulted. Whether it's Um, You've insulted me, so I'm going to issue a written challenge to a duel, whether it's you've insulted me, so I am going to um, ask you to fight me with fists. There is some kind of ritual where everyone recognizes the language that's intended or the action that's intended to be the insult. Everyone recognizes the response to that insult, and everyone recognizes the action that then vindicates your, your worth again in front of your peers. So the, the, there's the concept of honor, there's then the language 
that sort of yes. touches on it. And then there's the ritual that deals with the damage caused by the language. Yes, that's a great way to sum it up. So, for example, let's say two men are kind of starting to have a disagreement and the disagreement begins to escalate. If one of the men calls the other one a liar, a puppy, a coward, <laughs> that is an immediate signal to the other person and to everyone who's watching that he is now trying to shame him. Right, right. Now, I think probably people would understand coward and liar as trigger words, but but for our backstory listeners, maybe tell them why puppy is such an insulting word. <laughs> well, because you're saying that you're worth no more than a, a little puppy dog under my feet. So if the other man does not care about that, I mean, he'll he'll just go on and you know, keep the discussion at a level that we might recognize where it's just words. But if it's a man of honor, as soon as he hears the words puppy, liar, or coward, he is going to say, I will fight you. I will go out and fight you with fists, or I will go outside the lines and we will fight. Okay. Well, so why don't you give us an example of how an affair of honor played out in the Union Army? So there's a very famous incident in the Union Army where one brigadier general, Jefferson C. Davis, not the Confederate president, Jefferson Davis, um, kills another Union brigadier general, William Bull Nelson, in a hotel in Louisville as the Union Army is trying to prepare itself for the fact that Confederate armies are invading Kentucky. This is in the fall of 1862. And they have an altercation that ends up with Davis throwing puppy, coward, liar at Nelson, Nelson responding, but then Nelson slaps Davis in the face in front of numerous witnesses. And then Nelson stamp, stomps off and Davis takes a pistol from somebody who's standing nearby. He follows Nelson and he shoots him. Okay, so Nelson is not armed. This was not a duel. Davis shot him. Jefferson C. Davis will never be court-martialed or prosecuted for this crime. And what is interesting is it's because most of the men in the army um, that, that, that Davis was associated with didn't view it as a crime. The reaction of most of the enlisted men was that Nelson had deserved to die because he had given Davis an and I'm quoting here from a guy, uh, one soldier's letters to his family, Nelson had given Davis a, quote, unbearable insult. Well, that makes sense. And actually, I mean, based on what you just said, a man of honor, of course, say it's that initial assault that was the crime, right? He right. committed a crime and then was punished for it by being shot. Right. The so slap the in most... the face. I mean, that, and I mean, to slap someone in an honor culture, I mean, that is the most the most intense shaming that you can inflict on someone um, besides pulling their nose. Uh, right. But, you know, nose that, that tweaking, kind of... Right, known as a nose tweaking, which I love the phrase. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but I mean, because you're manhandling somebody in front of other people, it shows you have no respect. And you have to reestablish that respect by saying, my honor matters to me so much, I'm going to return to this man what he what he gave to me, which is basically a public death. Well, right. And if you are a man of honor and this is a matter of honor that you're tending to, you kind of would put yourself above the law anyway. Well, 
It's a matter of honor. It's a matter of between gentlemen. That's it, right. It's not something that can be tended to by law. Yes. But what's interesting is there were men in the army who weren't men of honor because so many immigrants and groups had come into the North that it created a, a more diverse society so that there wasn't one peer group that people were referencing that is kind of required for honor. They just thought that honor was something that promoted violence and um, was not a good way to order your life because they believed that your self-worth should not be based on the opinion of others and your reputation in the community. And also because of the influence of many of the religious groups in the North that they believed that your self-worth comes from your conscience, your moral character, and from God. They did not understand this incident, and they thought that Davis should have been court-martialed for murder— and they say things in their letters such as the provocation was trivial. And I think those two reactions, the unbearable insult versus the provocation was trivial, get us to the heart of the difference between men who were guided by honor and men who were not. Lorian Foote is a historian at Texas A&M University and author of The Gentleman and the Roughs, Manhood, Honor, and Violence in the Union Army. 